Good morning and welcome. Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Training Group, and welcome to Monday. Man, I hope you enjoyed the weekend. Uh, I know I did because next weekend it's here. And I'm not talking about triple digits because anybody that's lived in Arizona for any length of time will tell you, 100 degrees ain't that bad. It was actually a beautiful weekend. Next weekend, 110 plus. And I'll just say this, man, it did not rain enough. Uh, the, the drought continues. Uh, so many water stories. Uh, we'll have to get into it one of these days. Uh, but that's when the real heat starts. We kind of draw a line. You know, me and my golfing buddies, we like to golf in the summer because it's cheap. Well, I should say cheaper, less expensive. Uh, but after 112, we kind of draw the line. We do have the heat stroke open uh, where it, one day a year when it's over 112 degrees, we will uh, play, play around. We're the only morons out on the course. Uh, but outside of that, 110 is about the limit, So, and, and that is coming this weekend. And I'll tell you this, uh, and I say it every year, I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, but, but, Jason, how's the weather up in Colorado? better it's uh, more like spring and uh, summer type weather it's, it's uh, not quite as rainy and dreary and, and cold as <laughs> when june first started so i'm i'm a little happier you're happier right and uh yeah, it's the listen we got great weather here except for pretty much june july august september uh it, it's not the greatest but uh, we'll deal with it anyway 800-951-0592 that's our toll-free number and, of course, the website at allamericangold.com. Shout out to Jack, our producer up in Colorado. He is back from vacation, uh, and he was missed. Uh, just a, a quick announcement, a couple of announcements. Uh, the end of June, we're getting ready for our next metals plan shipment. Uh, if you have moved and haven't told us, uh, please call so we have the right address. Uh, but, uh, already, Brittany's already, uh, prepping here for this. Uh, but, but we'll be right on time. And my guess is we'll start shipping out here in the next, uh, probably the next two weeks. Uh, and I know Brittany wants to have it done before the 4th of July holiday. Uh, so if you're looking maybe to get into the metals plant, good time to do it. Get it in July. It starts the new quarter. And then, uh, Scott B. Scott B. Uh, your order has uh, is ready in Johnstown. Please call Jason. Uh, Jason, I guess uh, Scott. He must have had something happen with his phone or what have you. But the the number no longer works. So Scott B, uh, if you're out there, reach out to Jason. Right, Jason, I got that right. Yeah, I can't call or text you. I don't know what's going on, uh, but I'm sure he'll call sometime, Joe. But it just it'd be nice to get get that taken care of. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, outside of that, that, that is the, uh, announcements for the day. Uh, a lot of interesting things, and I hate to keep bringing it up, but the prices at the pump are not going to go away. Uh, oil over the weekend, uh, you know, right now oil is about $119, but unleaded gas futures got into the 430s. Uh, that's a new record high. Saudi Arabia, and this is a really good indication 
of where prices are headed. Saudi Arabia announced those. And remember, as you know, because I've told you here, Saudi Arabia charges an extra almost $4.50 more for their oil uh, than, than others. And, of course, their Brent oil. Uh, they raised that to $6.50, and, and it really has to do with not oil. Not all oil is created equal, Jason. You have some oil, we'll call it light oil, uh, that's easier to refine. Uh, then you have the heavy oils, which are harder to refine. Like I'll, I'll, I'll use the Canadian oil sands as an example. That's a heavy oil. Uh, when you have that heavy oil, the refiners can't turn it into, they got to mix it. Uh, with the the lighter oil, which Saudi Arabia apparently they they got the good oil uh, premiums way up. That's a really bad indication. China uh, they started reopening last week over the weekend uh, in Shanghai in Beijing. People are now allowed to go to restaurants again. Jason, I got I I, I really think uh, J.P. Morgan probably has it right. Uh, we're probably going to see 135 to 140 dollar oil before Fourth of July. Yeah, it might be higher than that, Joe. I mean, that's uh, really, might be. I, and, might be and higher again, than that. <laughs> I just say, I'm no. hoping things go okay. Yeah, well, it, demand's going to go up. That's all there is to it. You know, China's trying to open, or they are open. You know, whatever their, their situation is, it's all all going to cause a lot of demand and. Uh, I talked about a few weeks ago, I was looking at all the different types of energy we use between nuclear, oil, coal, natural gas. You know, there has been no l- lower demand in all these different energies. You know, They try to tell you, hey, we need to go to green energy and, and you know, use less of this or that. But the truth is the, the, the world is just using more than they've ever used before. You can't lessen the, uh, the output, Joe, and that's what's happening. There's just not enough output. There's too much demand. And prices are going to go up very steeply. Yeah, very. And, and again, even if let's just say hypothetically, which they don't, but let's just say Saudi Arabia was sitting on an extra couple million barrels a day, they can throw it out there. Here's the problem: the refiners. Yep. There's just not enough. They can't refine. The oil into the gasoline and the diesel and the heating oil and the jet fuel. Uh, and that's really maybe the bigger problem and why prices are headed higher. Patriot Radio News Hour, when we get back, how insolvent is Social Security and Medicare? We're going to talk about that next. 800-951-0592, Patriot Radio News Hour, Joe and Jason, and not Today's one of those no economic days. Uh, we did have uh, Amazon did a uh, reverse stock split so they could make their stock cheaper. I don't, well, I don't know. Is that a reverse? I don't know. But anyway, uh, they're trying to make their stock cheaper. Uh, the Dow is the Dow was up pretty strong. Uh, come off of that, but uh, uh, up almost 200 points. Silver's up. And, and gold's down a few bucks, uh, which is a little bit unusual. But like I said, uh, the no information day, uh, we got a lot of inflation data coming uh, this week. So uh, today's kind of uh, uh, a free-for-all. I, I, and again, I'm just at this point right now, any rally in stock should be sold. That's just my opinion. Uh, but over the weekend, and this is, this is their new thing, 
right, let's release the, well, I, it's probably not new, but the Social Security Administration released its, its Social Security and Medicare reports over the weekend. And they do that on purpose because uh, they're absolutely, they're not even worth the paper they're printed on, but I want to tell you what it is. So they're saying that Social Security will be insolvent in 2035. Now, that's kind of interesting because last year they said 2034, but one of the things that they did is they took money that was going into the Social Security Disability Fund and put it into the Social Security Fund. So both of those funds, not, not the Social Security Disability and Social Security would run out in 2035. The Disability Fund was not supposed to run out to like 2048, just to give you some context. But here's the problem with those two numbers. Just take that and just say that on itself. That would be great if it was true. I would be, I'd be like, hey, that's, that's better. And I can, uh, anytime it's better, I want to tell you it's better. The problem was the predictions that they made to get to those two numbers are, they're not going, obviously already we're slowing down immensely, uh, but that's not in the quote unquote forecast. But the real problem in the number, the real problem is, is Medicare and Medicaid. They're going to run out of money first. Uh, and they're saying, just as an example, over the next decade, Social Security is calculated to run deficits of about $2.5 trillion, uh, which is, again, just the, the Social Security side of things. Uh, and again, this is on predictions that we have no chance of achieving. In other words, the unemployment rate, they still have at all time record lows, uh, GDP, They've got it ridiculous numbers, but neither here nor there. The bigger problem is Medicare and Medicaid. And they say that instead of having 13 years, at best, they're saying that uh, the Medicare will run out by 2028. Uh, And that is is an increase uh, in that number uh, Jason, and, and again, here's the problem with, with what is happening with, with all of these issues, is what they'll do. First of all, we won't get to 2028 on Medicare either. But what they'll do first is they're going to take money out of Social Security and the Social Security, dis- like they did with disability, slide it to, to Medicare. So, And what I'm talking about, these are percentages. So when you pay your payroll tax, the FICA tax, that money's in there. And and what they're talking about is just moving the needle. You know, maybe uh, we're going to give two-tenths more to Medicare than we were. Here, here's what it does. It just speeds up this timeline. And I've been saying all along, I, I'm looking at 2025, 2026 at best before these trust funds. I mean, Medicare for sure. That that 2025, they're going to move the needle. The problem is, Jason, Social Security, the days are numbered here. 
Yeah, and that doesn't mean when you say money runs out, it's not that there's no money there because uh, they're always collecting the tax money. It just means they can't make the payments. You know, they're, they're not going to be able to keep up with demand. And so uh, those years you're giving, that, that doesn't mean that everyone's going to get nothing that, that specific year, 2028, let's just say. Right. Uh, that, that, that's what they like to tell you. Oh, we'll only be able to pay 75%. Right. In other words, right now what, what, what is happening is they're using their fake surplus because remember, they spent that money. There is no surplus. Uh, it just gets added on to the debt. Uh, but but the I guess the paper game that they've been playing will come to an end. Like Jason said, let's use 2028. 2028, it comes to an end. They'll have a couple of choices. Number one, give you less by, let's say, 25. It could be 30% less. Or... Do what they're doing, which is just add more to the deficit, right, Jason? Correct. And I have always said that when uh, they get to the point where they're uh, they're collecting not enough to make these payments, I always it just seems uh, logical to me what they'll do is uh, Social Security. They'll take the low end, the people get making the less, the least, you know, that their checks are the smallest. They're going to boost those people's checks up at the same time that they're going to take from all the highest uh, earners for Social Security. It's like, look, we're at, we have a national emergency. We're just going to squash you guys down. And that's how I think they're going to even push it down a little, you know, push it a little further down the road, Joe, is take from the, hey, you don't really need that much. You know, these guys down here, they're getting $600 checks. We need to get them to 1200 and we're going to take your twenty five or $3,500 a month. We're going to this take is, it down to 1500 I think Jason's kind of nailing it here. This is all going to be enveloped into the digital currency. And, I, and, and to Jason's point, I, I, I man, that may be exactly what they do. Hey, we're going to raise, because you got to remember now, look at what inflation's really doing. We're going to give the lowest end a raise, even though we're out of money. Uh, anybody that has what we deem to be more than sufficient amount of funds, they're going to take it. I mean, yeah. that's just what's going to happen. And, and again... This is why, you know, allowing the government to hold our money for us. And remember, the Supreme Court, this case has been settled. This has been law since the 60s. Your Social Security money is not property rights. Anybody knows uh, if you had a, a, let's just say, a son or daughter or, or someone dies in their 30s or their 40s and they're not married and all that money goes away even though hey, it was money they earned that money's gone it does and the supreme court views social security and medicare as nothing more than a tax they technically don't have to pay you anything i've been running commercials on 1360 with that for for what jason what at least five six years Correct. Right that commercial about Social Security, and I think we're going to find out exactly that, and especially the, and I'm not talking about the billionaires, right? I'm talking about people that, hey, you know what? I was banking on that. And that, Joe, that Social Security, you know what? Maybe I was going to get 2500 or or $3,000 a month, and that was going to, I was going to have a comfortable retirement. Uh, and all of a sudden, they're just going to say, you know what, you're, you're going to go down to the to the new low end. And that's why, to Jason's point, they're going to bring up the low end, but then move everyone down 
that was above that to that new low end, Jason. Yeah, that's how socialism works. And, and they're going to absolutely, you know, in my mind, when, when they can't make the numbers, they can't crunch them right, that's the first thing they'll do. And Joe, they're not going to ever get, you know, if you ain't, some people out there, one of these days, they'll just, they'll just, the programs will go away. That they're never going to, these social programs are never going to go away. They're just going to cook the books because they need people to be dependent upon this government money. So it's always going to be there. And it's very cheap to get the, uh, the low end guys to be on your side. And let's face it, uh, you got to take away from the rich people, right, Joe? Hey, they don't need it, right? Yeah. And, and again, all of this has to come from somewhere. And, and and I highlight this because I want people to understand the same thing's going to happen in your bank accounts. Just is. Listen, go back to the last time. Uh, go back to 1933 when the bank half the banks didn't reopen. What happened? All the people that had money in those banks lost everything. Now this time around, you're not going to lose everything. But as I've told you. The FDIC, that federally, you know, guaranteed, you know, your your deposits are insured. And remember, uh, the financial crisis. What did they do during the financial crisis? They raised the amount that was insured to make you feel better. Here's the problem. I mean, that sounded great. Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. By by the way, and I'll say it once again. If you do, if you don't buy any gold from me, it's okay. I think that's foolish, but that's okay. If you do one thing, if you've learned one thing from this program, do not, under any circumstance, have more than two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in any one bank. And please, please, please understand how the banks view that. Well, I've got this checking account that I have this much money in. I've got a savings account that has this much money in. And then I've got a money market account with my bank. And i got this other account with my bank. No, no, they add all your accounts together. So just remember, do not have $250,000 in any one bank. Because anything above that is going to be gone. The rest of it. Listen, there's a reason why they hired 83, was it 87,000 more IRS agents? They're getting ready. Uh, and with the new laws that were enacted under Dodd-Frank and Too Big to Fail and the SEC with their new rules, they're going to determine how much money you get to keep. And then, Jason, I really think we, we may have hit it on the head last week. Forcing the rest of that money to be in a uh, some form of treasuries that you can't sell. Yeah, I think so, Joe. I mean, they have, they have to have control over it. Once once they go digital, there's no going back, right? They uh, they they can just have a field day on deciding who's who's the winners and who's the losers, and who's acting uh, correctly to their new society and who's not. And it's it's why gold and any kind of assets that are outside the system are very valuable because. You can afford to be a little more free than the uh, the more controlled people, which depend on their check to be directly deposited in that account, and then uh, the money has to be chopped up the way the government wants, and you get what's left, I guess, which is, hey, you got enough for food and shelter. Right, right, and, and again, this is what they're going to do, and I've said it all along. This is the rules that are in place, uh, especially if you have a long history of having large amounts of money in banks. 
you know, hey, I've had $200,000. Let's just say you've done what I've said. I've got 200 grand in this bank and then this other bank I've, I've got 200 grand there and this other bank I've got 150,000 and you've been doing that month after month after month year after year after year the federal reserve views you as the enemy understand this we brought rates to zero for 15 years and you still left it in the bank. We've got inflation. Let's face it, real inflation, probably running close to 20%. And you still left it in the bank. Think about this. You had half a million in, in these banks in a year. What used to, what, what used to be able to buy... For half a million dollars, right? Now you need another hundred thousand in just one year because they, they devalue your money 20%. But hey, it still said I had half a million dollars, so you don't realize it. These are the ones that the new IRS agents are for. That's what they're for. They're going to determine how much of that half a million you really get to have. Then the rest of it, we're going to force you to buy some of this debt nobody wants, and we'll let you know if you can ever sell it again. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour here today. Uh, watching the Dow starting to struggle here. Uh, now down, now up less than a hundred points. Interest rates, the 10 year note. Back above 3%. I think, Jason, uh, all this talk about uh, the Fed pausing or, or this and the being thrown out the window, uh, this peak inflation nonsense, uh, I think Saudi Arabia let the whole world know energy prices are nowhere near hitting the top. By the way, I have bad news for the winter now. Natural gas, which is already at about $9 wholesale. And normally it's two to three dollars. So, so you got a tripling of natural gas prices. They're already running out of liquidified natural gas ships for winter deliveries. Uh, they're saying that just to ship, uh, one, what do you want to call it, tanker full of liquidified natural gas. Uh, has now hit over a hundred and twenty thousand dollars and a warning that there's going to be a massive shortage, especially in Europe and possibly even into Asia, which means, you know, for us, even higher natural gas prices. By the way, natural gas, the all time record's about thirteen dollars. Uh, but it didn't even stay there, but it went from $13 to $5, uh, in a matter of a few weeks. It was, it was a, an abnormality. Why do I have the feeling, Jason, that we're going to see that record fall as well? Yeah, I agree with that, Joe. And, and, and for anyone listening, this is not a, uh, too much demand, which I talked about earlier problem. And this isn't too much, uh, not enough, nope. not enough supply problem. Just like Joe said earlier, it's all about false, False uh, scarcity. There's plenty of it. We're just not going to make sure you, we can just pull it out and use this, it. This this has been enacted. Really, go back to the Ob uh, Obama administration. Uh, 
and the the policies that were put into place, this is what they wanted. Right? All this, you know, uh, climate change and scaring everybody to death. But really what the key was, was pulling the money out. Right? We have it. How, how many decades has it been since a new refinery's been built? Now they, they stop, right? They, they've stopped, uh, giving money to drill for oil. They've stopped giving money for drilling for, for natural gas, right? They, they've done all of these things, as to Jason's point, to create a fake shortage. Cause there's plenty, uh, you only, you know, ask Pennsylvania how much natural gas there is. I think they've got like a 400 year supply. 400 years! The problem is, without the money to get it out of the ground, and without the money to have the pipelines, and without the money to have the terminals, it really doesn't matter, does it, Jason? I would even go further than saying that it's not about the money, it's about the desire to get it. If you don't desire to get it, if you're happy with where you're at, and you're, you're always going to be taken care of, and you've got plenty of energy and food and resources, you don't really too, too much worry about uh, third world countries or the yeah, little people it, down it's below. It's really, really simple. It's really, really simple. They needed energy prices to quadruple. They need gas prices near $10 to make this green energy uh, not seem so bad because that was what that's what's going to happen. By the time, you know, wind and solar, it just, uh, they want us driving less. They want us consuming less, and they're going to make it happen one way or the other, Jason. Yeah, if you're a billionaire, uh, $8 a gallon is not a big deal. But if you, big deal. If big deal. If, if you're just a guy that has no savings and you're maxed out credit cards, $8 a gallon suddenly is an emergency. And then they know that's how it is. They know that that's, the, that's how it is. So guys with upper incomes that really didn't worry about this stuff, it starts to become a problem. I was just talking about, uh, my, my round trip to come to the radio station and back is, a, you know, I get, I get good gas mileage. I got a Corolla. It's still, it's still a gallon of gas a day for the trip here and the trip back. And at five bucks a gallon, you know, that's five gallons of gas for Monday through Friday, which doesn't seem like a lot, $25 a week. That's not that much. But just think of the average guy, Joe, that's uh, maybe had to drive 30 or 40 miles uh, one, uh, well, one, right, one trip. Right, exactly. But even even your example, at 20, well, it used to be twelve fifty. Twelve fifty a week. Yep. So that's that's fifty bucks every four weeks. Yep. And for so many people, you don't think fifty bucks matters? It matters. Then you add on the food, you add on your electric bill, you add on the you know right the 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 power. All of these, all of a sudden, it's like, hey, it's not just fifty bucks; it's two hundred bucks. And to Jason's point, imagine what it costs for the guy that uses two gallons of gas. Or only gets 20 miles of the gallon and has to drive twice as far. Or the guy that lost his job during coronavirus, now he's driving, instead of 20 miles one way, he's driving 45 miles one way. And so the the energy costs are, are extreme. And Joe, I've been seeing my electric bill is just, uh, it's yeah, it's going up. Yeah, I, uh, I know it's the summertime. I warned everybody. I try to tell people. Yeah, I... Uh, Sometimes I send a little extra so I don't have to send so many checks. I was like, hey, you know what? I'll, I'll send extra on the electric bill. Then the next time the bill comes, you, cause I do, I still do checks. I'm one of those guys that uh, I don't like people doing direct deposit or direct having a, access to my account. I figure the government's already <laughs> probably got their claws on it. But, uh, sometimes I'll send like the extra big check and they, yeah, this will probably pay for an extra two months or three months. 
and uh, the extra payment uh, didn't even pay for the next month. <laughs> it, the, yeah, so it's uh, it's, it's right. You up there. still had a bill. Yeah, I still. You're had like, a... wait a minute! I gave you I gave you three months worth. Yeah. Yeah. So it's happy. Yeah, it's it's going up, man. It's uh, I you know you know here, you know I'll give you one more before we hit the break. Here's something else that people need to be aware of when it comes to the worry about the powers that be and what they may do. Uh, I know a lot of people like to invest in property and they like to con- uh, compare property to gold. Gold has so many more protections than property does, and I really feel as this thing gets worse. Uh, as an example, my property taxes are over $6,000, and, and it's not just because of taxes. I have weird metro districts, and they add that onto the tax bill, so it should be less. It should be more like 4000 but regardless, let's just go with $4,500. The property company had that house for about a, you know, one year, and it only paid for t- t- 2019, it only paid $1,000. So when the Black Rocks and the vanguards of the world are owning huge amounts of property, they're paying 25, 20, 10 percent tax versus the homeowner. If they need to pull it out of people, Joe, they're going to just rip it in your taxes. I mean, I keep telling people they don't want people to own stuff. And what if your two or three thousand dollars a year property tax turns into twenty thousand dollars a year because that local county or whatever needs more money? Now you're paying two thousand dollars a month on property tax. Do you really own it? Whereas gold is, man, that is privacy, and nobody has to know what you have, right, Joe? Amen to that. Uh, when we get back, Jason's got a prediction. And then, is there a problem with gold storage, and what is happening with Austria? We'll tell you all about it next. Nine five one zero five nine two. Joe and Jason here today. Jason this morning says to me, "Now, Jason, he he doesn't make a lot of predictions, but when he does, he is very very confident in what in, in what he says and why he says it. it." And you had something very interesting you said this morning uh, when it when it comes to gold and silver. I think gold and silver is going to go up in June uh, very strongly, and and if there's any emergency in the news cycle, it'll go up to record highs. And I don't know about silver specifically. Silver will be, silver is really going to I think take off finally. I know everyone's wondering why silver's supposed to take off. They're both one of the reasons. I, I watch a lot of guys. I don't like to watch any specific guys too much. There's there's a group of guys, and Joe Joe has his guys he watches, and one, uh, some of the guys I watch, I like to watch some of the guys that hate gold. <laughs> I actually do watch some well, guys. They're probably the better guys to watch, really. Right, and so one of these guys, he's, and he, I would say this guy's a hater of gold, but he's uh, not a fan, uh, not a fan of silver, but uh, he's showing the uh, it's oversold, and there's a lot of buying going on as it's sitting in these lower this lower area that we've been sitting in. Uh, so if let's just say the news cycle stays kind of calm-ish like it's been over the last month, you know, people aren't really worried about the Ukraine war, even though maybe they should. And uh, Taiwan hasn't blown up, and Finland hasn't, you know, because at the end of this month is when Finland and Sweden's going to do their their little joining NATO. But if things stay kind of average in the news cycle, I see gold in the 1900, like 1950, going right back to where it was before it kind of came down to this level as a conservative. And then silver, and I don't have a price. I don't do really do a lot of price guessing. But silver is going to be very strong also through June, and that's if nothing happens. So now if there's an emergency, Joe, we get another coronavirus this or a, 
somebody you know blows up something in Poland or something like that. You know, Taiwan Early gets attacked. hurricane. Yeah, right? all this, any of that stuff. You know, hey, uh, if somebody, some country is starving. The baby formula completely disappears. Uh, that happens. You're going to see record highs in gold, and it could be this month. Uh, it could be maybe July. So that coupled with all the fuel problems we're going to have, uh, you could see uh, finally gold and silver joining the other commodities of hitting all-time highs and continuing on. So I... It's interesting. I used to, when I see when I see gold and silver guys, I don't like gold and silver. When I see them saying that okay, there's there's nowhere to go for gold and silver but up. It's just it's. I thought Joe that we I could we could see gold going lower. I don't really see that. I well, mean, that's I, why I brought it up because Jason's been uh, the lower guy in 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 our conversations, and he he caught me off guard. Caught me off guard this morning. Yeah. He said, if nothing bad happens, gold's 1950. Well, think about where, you know, that's where gold kind of was, uh, about 1960 when it sold off, went to 1760. Gold's brought, got about half of it back already. Jason's like, hey, the other half's going to be back. I mean, it's already the 6th of June. So you, the next three weeks, gold's going to tack on a, another hundred dollars. And, and then you were very bullish on silver, you know, yep. silver, uh, at least going back to coronavirus, uh, really about 28 to $30 has been the top end of that range. Uh, so it'll be interesting that, you know, to Jason's point, hey, it's not going to be all-time highs in silver, but you're expecting it to get back to the high, high range that it was in uh, heading into corona. Yeah, I, th- I thought the markets may sell off more this year, and I think they still will. And I thought gold and silver, you know, because when people start selling stuff, they just start selling everything. So I, but what I think has happened is I think all of the fake gold and the fake silver sell-off is done. I, I thought there was still some more room. I even thought gold could go down to 1700 which to me is not a big deal. I know a lot of people, they freak out when gold goes down and they're gold buyers. But to me, I think gold and silver has been doing great. <laughs> but you look at the beginning of every year, silver has been above 20 only like five or six times. The fact that it's been above 20 and staying above 20 for several years now, it, it's doing well. It's just that I think when you buy gold and silver and you look at stuff like Bitcoin, you see the ups and downs are so dramatic and it's exciting. You really have to be the uh, the guy that's uh, relaxed and, and patient when you when you buy gold and silver because really it's just supposed to go up with inflation. And with inflation right. doing what it's doing this year, it's, it's going, guys. You better watch out and, when it goes. And, and supply, we've been talking about supply, talking about supply. The paper guys trying to turn the blind eye about economics 101. Uh, it, and again, I think that time is coming. News breaking uh, this morning. And I want to give some credit here uh, because it was uh, Zero Hedge uh, that, that was reporting on going back. We, we, we know all these, a lot of these European countries wanted to repatriate their gold. And, and tons of them have done it. Austria was one of them. Austria had no gold at home, and they just wanted to get a mix. Austria wanted 50% of their gold at home. They wanted to have 30% in the U.K. and 20% in, in Switzerland. At the time, almost all of it was in the U.K. Now, of course, Austria now buying gold in addition But news is breaking this morning that while the Bank of England has delivered the gold that Austria wanted to store at home, 
the 20% or about 50 tons that was supposed to be sent to Switzerland has not been sent. And this was, this was supposed to have been done by 2020. Uh, and again, through a, a, a Austrian Freedom of Information Act request, if you will, uh, the authors here said, hey, what's up with this 50 tons of gold? Why hasn't it been delivered? And the response from the Austrian Central Bank is that it has been post, uh, been delayed, it's been postponed. They were very vague as to why. And it's one of these things where, why do I have the feeling that the Bank of England had, had, had leased out this gold? It's something that we've wondered for a while. I want to get Jason to pick. Jason didn't know anything about this story, so I want to get his opinion on it when we return. Final segment coming up. 800 dollars gold still 2175 Gold's down 3 bucks right now, 1842 Silver's up. 22 cents, kind of unusual. Uh, 22.11. Uh, the Dow is up a hundred dollars. The 10 year note, as we said earlier, back above 3%. Uh, and, and I got bad news. That's going a lot higher, uh, as well. But news breaking about gold in Austria. They wanted to diversify away from the Bank of England and this 50 Tons, which, you know, that's a lot of gold. They just don't know a ton. 32,150 ounces of gold in a metric ton. Uh, 50 tons has yet to be transferred. And this is going back from 2015. Here's what the bank said on its website. The relocation from London to Switzerland has been postponed until organizational and logistical obstacles have been resolved. And we're like, what? Wait a minute, but the the 90 tons you wanted back is is back in Austria, according to you. Uh, Germany, other countries, they brought their gold back. I, I can't imagine any logistical obstacles, but they did say organizational. When they asked for clarification from the Austrian bank, this is where it gets interesting, Jason. They confirmed that the relocation has been postponed. They said that they are not allowed to disclose any details in order to comply with contractual obligations to keep business secrets of external partners involved. So where's the first thing I thought of is they've leased this gold out and Austria doesn't own it anymore. So where was the gold coming from, Joe? Because I didn't get that. I didn't. The was, Bank of England. The Bank of England. It was being stored yeah. at the London Metals Exchange, yeah. for lack of a better term, is where it was being stored. Okay, so the Bank of England is also the bank. Uh, I think just two years ago, three years ago, that uh, uh, they had a, a gold loan from Venezuela. Venezuela. You know they can't do business. They're being sanctioned, right? For all these years, you know they're they're sanctioned, sanctioned, sanctioned. Block them from selling it. So they they uh, they they uh, they got a loan from the from you know, several countries, but one of them was the Bank of England, and uh, they used gold. And, well, what what is your collateral? Here's gold. Give us the money, you know, so we can run our country. And uh, Venezuela paid that loan back. 
Venezuela paid that loan back, and the Bank of England said, uh, "Yeah, you're a you're a terrorist country. No, you're not getting the gold back." So they've already done this before, Joe. They just confiscated. They've already government. done this before, so I don't know what's going on with the Austria thing. Which, you know, like, you, I think you might be right with the leasing, but it seems like the Bank of England suddenly is trying to uh, keep their hands on a lot more gold suddenly. And I, and I just bring this up because we've been uh, speculating about supply uh, more on the silver side than the gold side. But just think about like well, the report last week from the U.S. Mint: gold demand up six hundred percent. It's unheard of. They said, hey, throw out the COVID years. Still up 400%. Uh, and, and now we're starting, you know, it just, and again, we continue to say that we have 8,000 metric tons of gold. And I'm just wondering, it, it, do we really own that gold? Did we lease that gold out? Is there something, uh, 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 again, uh, in these paper markets that are slimy and scummy? And this is another example of, yup, there sure is.